Hi, I'm Mark Priestley. After a life spent in the elite environment of the Formula One pit lane learning how to win, this podcast aims to bring that elusive, high-performance culture into your daily lives. Today we're talking legacy. But what exactly is that? Which characters from F1's history created a legacy big enough to still be felt in today's F1? And who from the world of F1 right now is creating a legacy powerful enough to still be felt long into the sport's future? Welcome to Pit Lane Life Lessons. Talk about how Formula One teams are so successful. Tiny things, but you only find those tiny things when you look for them. Of course, there's only one winner in every Grand Prix, so for everybody else, you haven't won, so it could be deemed that's, that's a failure. Hello everybody and welcome back to Pit Lane Life Lessons. Thank you so much. If you're returning, welcome back. And if you're brand new around here, then I appreciate your company. Thank you very much for joining. There are, what, eight further episodes that we've done already that you can please go back and enjoy. I hope you will. Um, Thank you especially to anyone who took the time out of their week to leave me a review in any of the podcast stores or to send me a message personally on any of the social platforms or on YouTube, wherever you did it. None of them went unnoticed and I appreciate every single one, so thank you. Um, I want to get straight into this today because legacy is a huge subject. It's a subject that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. It's very difficult to to summarise in a few words. Of course, its definition is, is loosely that it's something that's left behind. It's something that we leave behind, a legacy. But it's so much bigger than that. When I got my dream job and I walked into McLaren on my first days, having got across the line into this world that I'd longed for for so long, getting into Formula One, a sport that was my passion for many years before I even got there, I walked into this organisation, this team, McLaren, that was a team already, of course, built on an incredible legacy. A legacy that was full of amazing successes, some spectacular failures, but most of all, a powerful and inspiring story. A story that I imagined every single person in that team must have known every detail of and been proud, bursting with pride, to tell that story. And yet they weren't. Of course, in the beginning, I didn't know that I needed to know this story that I wasn't fully aware of at the time, I admit because it wasn't seen as, it wasn't deemed that the legacy, the history of McLaren shaped in any way the day-to-day running of the organisation. That was history and we were moving forward. We were all about the future, the next set of opportunities and what we could do with them. It was almost a, a waste of time to spend too much time looking backwards. And of course there's some truth in that, But what I hadn't really appreciated, and clearly at the time, I don't think McLaren had appreciated enough, was that the legacy that McLaren has been constructed from, of course, it shapes the day-to-day running of that organisation. In the case of McLaren, of course, Bruce McLaren's story is an amazingly inspirational one. Bruce McLaren, this young guy from New Zealand, passionate about racing, passionate about taking on the big boys in an inventive and ingenious way, being creative when it came to designing and and manufacturing his racing cars, striving for success against much bigger, more powerful opposition. And then, of course, Ron Dennis came along and picked up that baton, 
embraced all of those ideas that Bruce McLaren had built the team around, took them on board and continued running with it, but now imparted his own ideas in there, started adding his own little, little elements, little ingredients into the mix. His laser focus, his unwavering attention to detail, his passion and almost unequivocal desire to be number one, to be the best. It's those things that absolutely shape the way that every single one of the hundreds of people working in that organization go about their daily base, their daily business. It's how we work and the legacy is why we work that way. And we're always adding to it, we're always adapting it, we're always evolving it. But the legacy is a huge part of why we've got to where we've got to today. It's also a huge part of why that team particularly is so successful, has been so successful over the years because of the story that came before the one we're in today. What I realised, of course, when I'd spent some time at McLaren was that McLaren were missing some kind of trick here. By not tapping into that hugely inspirational story of our very existence, we weren't using it to our advantage, which we could have been. That story was an inspiring one. It was one that not only shaped where we were at today, but meant we were all working for one of the sport's most successful and historic teams. That in itself is something that we could have and should have all been much more proud of. It could have been something we used to galvanise the team, to bring them all together, to give us all a shared goal or a shared purpose for being there. If you think about some of the world's best and biggest sporting teams, they of course do exactly that. The All Blacks, New Zealand rugby team, the most successful rugby team in the history of the sport. They absolutely tap into their legacy. They perform the hacker before every game as a nod back to the history of where they've all come from, why they're all doing it. They are not just fighting for the other players on that pitch. They're not just fighting to get the points for that particular win that day or for the fans that might be in the stadium. They're fighting for something way bigger than that. Those players that pull on that all black shirt know that they are just the next step in the journey of the All Blacks. They are custodians of that black shirt with the silver fern and they are immensely proud to pull that on. They know what it means to pull on that jersey and the rituals that they go through pre-match and everything that they do, the way they behave is continuing the legacy of all of those people that have gone before them. Think about Liverpool Football Club, one of the biggest football clubs in the world. When they run out onto the pitch from the changing rooms, they run down a tunnel, down some steps, and underneath a sign that says, this is Anfield. If you ever watch them on TV, they all touch the sign on the way down to the pitch. They do that because it's a little nod to all of those people that have done exactly the same thing over many, many years, that have built that club into what it is today. Those players, in exactly the same way that the All Blacks do with their black shirt, pull on their red Liverpool shirts, bursting with pride, knowing they are in an incredibly privileged position to be able to pull on that shirt. They know what it means because it's been instilled in them from the day they joined that club. It's not just a football team of 11 men. 
It's a club that has a history and a legacy. And those 11 players on the pitch at any given moment are simply continuing that journey, are simply custodians of what it means to be Liverpool FC. They have built that into the way the club is run. That club is run on a daily basis, just like I said at McLaren, because of the legacy that had gone before it. And every single person involved in that club knows that history and knows that they are part of the legacy. They know that they're creating a legacy that others will one day look back on in the same way. Same thing happens at Man United, at all of the big sporting organisations, at many of the big companies around the world have exactly the same ethos. In Formula One, Williams have an amazing history that they could be tapping into in the same sort of way. And I really felt that McLaren were missing a trick by not doing exactly that when I joined them. By not having inspirational pictures, photographs, quotations around that building that reminded everybody of what they were part of. Bruce McLaren has one of what I think is one of the best quotes, one of the most inspirational quotes anywhere. He said very publicly, he said, life is measured in achievement, not just in years alone. That simple line for me, I reflect on it all the time, long since leaving the team. But it was never part of the way we lived our lives at McLaren. It was never spoken about publicly. Nobody ever came to me with a history of McLaren and said, right, here's a handbook. Go away, learn about the history of McLaren. It's part of your duty to understand what it is we're all fighting for. And I kind of wish they had. I took it upon myself to learn a huge amount of the history of our team. But I know that not everybody did. I would say most people didn't. And it felt like it was missing a trick by not doing that because it could have pulled us all together in the same way that the All Blacks would go to war for each other because that's what every All Black has done before them today. In the same way that players at Liverpool Football Club do exactly the same thing. They're fighting not just for the people around them, but for the club. And at McLaren, I felt like we could have done more to embrace that legacy and use it to our advantage. Use it as a tool to be more powerful as a team. Give us a shared purpose, something bigger than just winning the Grand Prix on a Sunday. That we could all be fighting for and have a passion for. That creates sustainable success. That creates its own legacy. The story is the most powerful part of any legacy. In fact, any legacy is actually simply a story. In the same way that we tell stories to our children about a grandparent that may have fought in the war, or about a relative that stood up for something passionately that they believed in, to try and inspire those children to know that the freedoms they enjoy, the opportunities they may have had or have today, have come from others in their family or somewhere further down their lineage that have stood up and fought for those freedoms. The legacy that those people have left behind, we're enjoying today. Telling a story of a relative who's stood up for something that they believe in, that fought for a cause that they believed in, inspires children to know that they could and should do the same. If you believe in something passionately enough, it's worth fighting for. 
and the stories that come out of those moments in history are powerful if they're told in the right way. They can be hugely inspirational. If you think about people in Formula One, I mentioned at the start, Formula One characters who have some of the biggest legacies. I mean, there's some huge ones. Bernie Eccleston, it's impossible to look beyond Bernie as having perhaps the biggest legacy of all. His legacy, or at least part of his legacy, is the very sport that you and I all love today. Formula One maybe wouldn't even exist, certainly wouldn't exist in the same way if it hadn't been for Bernie Eccleston taking it from this tiny little niche enterprise and growing it into the global phenomenon that it is in the modern era. Hundreds of millions of people getting joy from it, getting passionate about it, getting behind it, supporting it, buying into it, investing in it. It's just grown beyond anybody's wildest dreams. Frank Williams at the Williams team has an amazing legacy. For those who don't know, Frank Williams grew that team from nothing based purely on his passion for racing. He didn't have a huge amount of money. In fact, at one point he had to remortgage his own house just to keep the team alive. He sacrificed a huge amount because he was passionate about it. He almost sacrificed his own family on many occasions because he was so dedicated to the team that everybody else, even the people closest to him, had to take second best. Now, depending on which side of that you fall, if you're the family, you've probably suffered as a result of that. But William's Formula One team, as an entity, is almost solely in gratitude forever to Frank Williams and that, that same dedication. That's a great story if you want to inspire the next generation of Williams personnel, of Williams drivers, of mechanics and engineers, or whoever they are. If you know about where the team has come from, what people laid down on the line to enable that team to succeed, and it did succeed, what a hugely successful operation it's been over the years. A huge part of that down to Frank Williams. And that legacy that Frank created has rubbed off on hundreds of people over those years who all are willing to give more, to fight, to sacrifice, because they know what it means to have success inside that Williams Grand Prix team. Fans love the place, drivers love to drive there. A huge amount of that story began with Frank. Continuing to tell that story is an inspirational part of the company's future. Even today, after Frank and the Williams family have left the team, the name remains, the legacy remains. And if the new owners at Dorilton Capital are not embracing that organization's legacy, they are missing a trick. Of course, you've got to look to the future. You've got to create a new future of your own. But if you don't tap into the legacy, what have you got to inspire? the next generation of Williams people. When Frank had to take a step back because of his health, Claire Williams, Frank's daughter, stepped up and continued that legacy. She's created a legacy of her own, a massively powerful one, a different one to Frank. Of course, she kept the Williams name alive through some real adversity, some really difficult times, financial struggles that she had to survive and survive them she did in the most part. She may not have had some of the glittering array of successes that Frank had from many years before that. But Claire's legacy is different, maybe no less powerful. Claire's legacy, at least in part, is that 
She was a woman operating at the very highest level of a male-dominated sport, Formula One. And the story behind that will be that she will have inspired countless other women, countless girls, that, to know that they can aspire to work in a sport like Formula One at a very high level. Until you see somebody operating in that role, it's just talk. People say to their kids, well, you can do whatever you want, but if they can't see it, they don't believe it. Well, now they believe it. They've seen Claire Williams sat on the timing stand, being interviewed in the team principal's press conference, being part of huge meetings that shape the future of the sport, standing her ground, fighting her corner for her team, passionately, passionately because the legacy of that team was built from within her own family. She continued that legacy. That legacy lives on as much because of her as it does because of Frank. Think about drivers. There are a huge number of drivers that we think of having an amazing legacy. Ayrton Senna has to be right up there, doesn't he? Again, part of that Williams organization. His legacy was built on a passion, a talent, charisma, what a great character he was behind the wheel. His legacy still remains as part of that Williams team. Every single Williams since his untimely death in 1994 at Imola has carried the Senna emblem on the nose cone of the car. It's really small. A lot of people don't even know it's there, but it's there because Frank Williams has always insisted it has to stay there. He was such a big character, not only in the history of Williams, but in the history of the sport, that Frank wants that name to remain alive in this sport forevermore. Part of the legacy. Nicky Lauda at Mercedes, long after his driving days, continued to create a legacy. A legacy that will live on at Mercedes, especially because of what he did to create the team alongside Toto Wolff that has gone on to become one of the most successful in the history of the sport. That little red star that you see on the side of the Mercedes F1 car. That's a little nod to Nicky Lauda. That is part of Nicky's legacy. It's a reminder of Nicky's legacy. It's a reminder to all those people in the team of what Nicky stood for. His passion, his drive, his striving to be the best. He's not letting anything hold him back. Getting up when he'd been knocked down and fighting on. What a powerful legacy that is. And by popping that little red star on the side of the car, that can help to inspire every single member of that Mercedes team to know why they're part of that team, what they're fighting for, what their team's legacy is. It's powerful. Telling stories in the right way about the things that have come before you in a team, in an organisation, in a family, can be immensely powerful if told in the correct way. So legacy is an important part of cultural evolution. Whether you're part of a Formula One team or part of a business or part of your own family, it's something that it's up to us to perpetuate and to take on and to continue the journey of that legacy, to continue the story. And the thing about legacies is they weren't created, the, the biggest and best legacies in history weren't created by a group of people who set out to create the biggest legacies in history. They were created by a group of people making 
the best choices they could at the time. A set of behaviours that they believed were right at the time. A set of decisions that they 100% believed in. So a great legacy is created by a great character, a great personality, by great people. A positive legacy is created by positive people. A negative legacy is quite often created by the opposite of that. Somebody who is negative, somebody who doesn't have an appreciation or an understanding of what life is about, what goes beyond them, what's bigger than their small little world around them. And if you can't have an appreciation of something outside of your tiny little sphere, you will not create a legacy, but equally you're not going to enhance your own lives in the same way. If you're a sports team that only ever focuses on getting the result on that particular day, if you head onto the football pitch as a Man United player and all you care about is a result on that day, all of your behaviours leading up to that game have solely been focused on that game. You may well win that game, but none of those behaviours have set you up for that longer term success, sustainable success. If you're a Man United player who, from the moment you joined that club, have had the history of the Busby Babes drummed into you, a group of players that went before you, the custodians of that Man United shirt that lost their lives doing what they loved on the way to an amazing football match. That drives a bigger passion in you that you now know that you're fighting for something that's way bigger than just one match. You have to create a club, a team, a set of behaviours within that organisation that's worthy of the legacy that's gone before, that's worthy of your responsibility as a custodian of that particular football club. And exactly the same kind of approach can be applied to any business. It can be applied to any family setup. If you want to inspire children, you teach them about the, the sacrifices, about the leadership, about the legacy or the story of the people that have gone before them in their family. Now I want to take a just a moment's pause here because when we're talking about creating legacies if we're all saying we're all creating legacies right now every single one of them every single one of us is part of a legacy everything we do today and tomorrow and the day after is part of our own legacy the choices we make the decisions we make will form the story that is our lives that then will become part of our legacy so we have this responsibility to create the right kind of legacy what do we want people to remember us for in years gone by. And the reason I wanted to take the pause was because this feels a, a perfect moment to mention Omologato watches, my partner on this journey in Pit Lane Life Lessons, a watch brand, a motorsport inspired watch brand that you may or may not have heard of because they're relatively small, they're relatively new in the world of watches. They don't have a huge long history that has hundreds of years of legacy running before it. And so they're creating one right now. They're creating a legacy that is different to most other watch brands. Uh, the, the world's largest collection of motorsport inspired timepieces is what Omologato watches is. But they're also doing things differently. They're shaking up the existing industry. They are ruffling feathers. 
They're making waves in an industry that will create the legacy that lives on way, way beyond any of us. So if you haven't yet checked out Omologato watches, do it now. Omologatowatches.com is where you'll find them. You can find all their social links in the description to this video if you're on YouTube or in the podcast description as well. And I thoroughly encourage you to go and check them out. They are a brand creating a legacy right before our very eyes. Right, let's get back to creating a legacy, which is what we're all doing right now. Every single one of us is creating our own legacy every single day. I try to think, I like to think that that's what I'm trying to do with my life. I have this saying that I impart on my kids all the time. I say, do the right things, do the things right. And I've got it everywhere. It's on my screensaver, it's on my phone, I write it in my diary all the time because it's a very simple framework to live my life by. I try and do the right things, which means making the right choices, making the right decisions on a daily basis and on a more existential basis. And when I've made those choices, I try and do the things right, which means I try and do whatever I've chosen to do 100%, throw myself into it, leave nothing behind. I try and do it in the right way. There's no point in my mind doing something half-hearted. And I feel like if I can go through most of my life like that, and clearly I can't do that all the time, but I try my best to strive for that, then my legacy will somehow come out of all of this in the right way. I hope my children will look back on my life in many, many years to come and think he was a good man. He did things right. He tried to make the right kind of decisions as he went through life. And he was a sort of character who inspired us. You know, our dad was a sort of character who inspired us to fully commit to something if we believed it was right. That's all I want for my children, because I think I've brought them up in the right way to make the right choices. So if they believe something's right, I want them to go for it. Not many people sit down and think about what their legacy will be. In years to come, after we've gone, what will people think about us? What will people say about us? What will our story consist of? And it's actually something that perhaps many more of us should think about. Not because we necessarily need to set out and work out a plan to create the things that we want people to say about us, but because by thinking about something that's bigger than our daily routines, than the small set of challenges that lie in front of us each day, like getting the kids to school, getting the washing up done, those are all small problems in the great scheme of things. But if we can start to think bigger than that, when we go into work and we sit at our desk and we start ploughing through our job list or our task list, if we can start to think about what it is we're actually doing, what are we doing? What does my company do? Do we sell something that maybe has a bigger meaning? Am I part of something bigger than just this little desk and the computer screen in front of me? When I was at McLaren, that's exactly what I wanted. I wished my team had done more of. Make me realize that I was part of something way, way bigger than just the four walls around us. Way bigger than just the race on a Sunday afternoon. If you're running an organization, have you got a legacy already that's possible to tap into? And if you haven't, like Omologato watches, can you create one? And if you're creating one, think about what it's going to be. 
think about the decisions you're making, the strategic decisions, and think about how they impact on the wider world, on the bigger world. Are those strategic decisions going to be looked back on with pride from yourself? Not from other people necessarily. Are you going to be able to look back on those things with pride? Because ultimately, if you can look back with pride on the decisions you make as an individual, as a company, as a business, as a sports team, whatever it might be, if you can look back with pride on the choices you made throughout your life, well, then you've got a great story. It doesn't have to be that you became one of the world's best known footballers, Formula One stars, businessmen. None of that matters. That's what, not what legacy is about. Legacy is something different to every single person. And when I talk about Bernie Eccleston as being this huge character in Formula One that has the legacy that perhaps most of us know more than any other because it's the very sport that we love. That's only one part of Bernie Eccleston's legacy. That's the part that we all know because that's the bit of Bernie that we know. Bernie Eccleston is also a father, a husband, a grandfather. To those people, there'll be a completely different legacy that Bernie will leave behind, one that we may well not be familiar with. But it'll be completely different to the legacy that we know of him. That will be the case for every single person. But all of those aspects of your legacy, all of the things that people will take from every different aspect of your life, if they're all created through that same ethos of doing the right things, doing the things right, making the right choices, thinking about the impact of the choices you make, then that legacy, no matter which perspective it comes from, will be a positive one. When I think back across my career inside the team, 10 years at the McLaren Formula One team, you might well think, well, the people with the biggest legacy, well, they're, they're Ron Dennis. Ron Dennis has an amazing legacy. Ron Dennis's legacy really only came home to me after I'd left the team, partly because I realised that many of the things that Ron had instilled in me, I still live my life by today. Some of those attention to detail, some of the focus, some of the idea that a job's only worth doing if it's worth doing right. Those are things that Ron instilled in me and still today I live my life by those. Perhaps one of the biggest lessons or things that made me appreciate Ron's legacy most was after I'd left the team and after that whole management fallout happened at boardroom level at McLaren. A really messy affair which ultimately ended in Ron being ousted from his position. It was a pretty pretty gruesome time for, for those involved. It's a time that hurt Ron because McLaren was built on a huge part of his passion for it. It was his baby. In a little bit like Bernie Eccleston had done with Formula One, Ron had done a similar thing for McLaren, taken it from a small racing team into an enormous group of global technology companies that it is today. When Ron was finally ousted from the team and the new management structure took over, what struck me was the outpouring of emotion, of sadness, of appreciation, of sympathy that came from within the, the McLaren organisation for their former leader, for Ron. Ron was a character that was incredibly difficult to work for at times. 
He was a taskmaster. He was a tyrant. It was so hard to work under Ron Dennis for so many reasons. But when he left, the outpouring of support for him was telling. Still today, everybody I know who worked under Ron wishes he was back. Not because the current formula, the current management structure at McLaren is not overcoming a lot of the problems and now putting the team back on the right trajectory towards success, which they are, by the way. I have a huge amount of time and support for the current group in charge at McLaren. But Ron's passion for what was McLaren, the legacy that Ron created, touched so many people, way more than just on a day-to-day -day basis. If Ron had only touched those of us that worked for him because of our roles at the team, we'd all hate him. I mentioned before, I often spent, felt like I was spending more time cleaning and polishing my desk or keeping the car spotless than I ever was spending time actually making it go more quickly, which is what my job was. Ron would have driven me crazy if that's the only thing I thought about him. But it wasn't, because Ron's legacy, Ron's story was so much bigger than that. Ron's story embraced all of us, dragged us all into the story. We were all fighting as much for Ron as we were for McLaren and for anything else. We all believed in what Ron was trying to do. Ron led by example. His passion was infectious that every other single person working for that team were willing to go to the extraordinary lengths when it came to attention to detail, when it came to going the extra mile to try and win. Because we knew what it meant to be part of Ron's McLaren. His legacy. An amazing, powerful story. I think when you think about other people in the world of Formula One, there are other drivers, like I mentioned, Michael Schumacher, of course, an amazing legacy. I mean, there are so many, too many others to talk about. Lewis Hamilton today is still creating one of the biggest legacies and well-known legacies in the sport, both through his success on the racetrack, statistically the most successful driver of all time. That's a legacy in itself but he's also working hard to leave behind a legacy that's even bigger than that in this sport. To transform the sport, to make it more accessible to other people, to make it more diverse and inclusive, which are all commendable things to leave behind. He's thinking bigger than the small world around him in making the choices, the life choices that he makes. We have to take our hats off and applaud that because that is something that will benefit Many, many people long after Lewis Hamilton is gone. Long after we've stopped enjoying his talents in the car and on the racetrack, people will be able to benefit from the choices and decisions, the behaviours that Lewis Hamilton went through in his days within this sport. That will be probably an even bigger legacy than the one that he created behind the steering wheel of his results. It's given him the opportunity by having his great success on the racetrack, to have this platform to be able to create an even bigger legacy. And because he's choosing to do that, that's something that we should all take our hats off to. He's thinking bigger than himself. And that is where legacies come from. People that think bigger than themselves. People that think bigger than their daily routines and the daily challenges they face. 
than this tiny little sphere that so many people operate within every single day. I encourage everybody to look outside of that sphere, to look a little bit further, to look beyond what they look at each day of their lives. Is there something further out there? Is there something bigger that they can affect? When you are gone, when we are all gone, is there a way that we can leave this place in a better state than when we found it? Because that will be the ultimate legacy of them all. So a couple of things I wanted to pick up on off the back of that episode on legacy. First of all, I want to make it very clear that McLaren is not an organisation that has erased the memory of its past. Far from it, in fact. McLaren definitely has a nod to its history. It has a respect for the legacy that went before it. There is an incredible lineup of historic McLaren racing cars on the boulevard inside McLaren's headquarters, the MTC. That in itself is amazingly inspirational. It used to give me a fire in my belly every time I saw it, every time I walked past it, every day on the way into work. A lineup of all the most successful cars tracing back through the history of the organisation as far back as Bruce McLaren's original car. So absolutely there's a respect for the history of the McLaren Formula One team. I just felt that we could have done more. We could have done more to ignite that passion in everybody else along the lines of the All Blacks or a Liverpool football club, for example. The reason that I got into Formula One wasn't because I was desperate to work for McLaren. I wasn't a lifelong McLaren fan that had a lifelong dream of working for McLaren. I was a fan of Formula One that had a lifelong dream to get into that sport. And in all honesty, if I'd got my opportunity with the Minardi team, I'd have jumped at it, I'd have taken it. If Jordan had offered me a job, and I wrote to every single team, as many of you know, many, many times, any one of them could have written back to me and said, we'd love to have you come in for an interview. And that could have led on to a job and a career at that team. If that had happened, I would have been over the moon. I would have still felt like my dreams had come true. But it wasn't any of those. It was McLaren that I found myself working inside. It was McLaren that I found myself walking into all those years ago. Walking into a team that has history, as many of the Formula One teams of the day had. And because I had no major association to McLaren, I didn't suddenly feel this overwhelming power drawing me towards the history or the legacy of the team. I didn't suddenly walk through those doors and feel part of something necessarily special or more special than it was on a surface level. McLaren and I felt could have done more to entice me into the fold and others around me to allow us or encourage us all to embrace the history and to feel part of something much bigger and much more special. In a Formula One team like McLaren that has a huge history, just like at the All Blacks or at a Liverpool or a Man United or anyone else like that, anybody who works there at any time in the team's history are simply custodians. They are simply looking after it for the next generation. 
They're continuing the story. Nobody owns that team at that time. It's simply carrying on the journey. It's simply carrying it forward, taking care of it whilst you are in charge, whilst you work in that particular organisation in any time, in any period, you know, in, in history. It's an important role, but the team is much, much bigger than you, no matter who you are, whether you're a driver, whether you're a Ron Dennis, whether you're a, a Zach Brown, it doesn't matter. The team is bigger. McLaren is bigger than all of us. And that's what I felt we should have been tapping into more, embracing more, instilling in every single person. When a player makes it into the All Blacks rugby team, they get given a small black leather bound book, a lovely, beautiful thing to hold. And on the very first page is a picture of the original All Blacks jersey, the original All Blacks shirt of the 1905 originals, the team that began the entire journey, the entire legacy. On the page after that is another jersey, that of the 1924 Invincible team, another very famous part of that legacy. And on the page after that is another All Blacks journey, jersey, and so on and so on. The story is told through famous jerseys that tell the story of what the All Blacks means from big moments in history. So that every player that joins knows what they're joining, knows what they are now part of and what it means to be part of that storyline. Those jerseys fill something like half the book. And the second half of that entire little beautiful leather bound book is completely blank. Telling those players, reinforcing to those players that they are still writing the rest of that book. The rest of the book hasn't been written yet. The legacy continues and they are in charge of continuing it. As I said before, they're custodians of that black shirt. They have to now take on the journey, take on the story and continue writing the next chapters of that book. Something hugely inspirational, something hugely powerful for every single one of those players that gets the privilege and the honour to be called an All Black. We can all learn from that. If you're listening to this thinking, well, I don't have somebody hugely inspirational in my family history that's done amazing things that I can pass the story on to my children as an inspirational tool. Or if you work for an organisation or you run an organisation that you don't think has some rich history, some big, powerful legacy already in place that you can use to inspire the next generation, to inspire the workforce. First of all, I would encourage you to dig a little bit deeper. I've been to so many companies around the world to speak to them as part of my inspirational speaker, motivational speaker role. I've been sat in workshops as part of some of my consulting groups where I sit there and we ask that same question. What's your company's legacy? Who are the big characters from your company's history that might be inspirational? What are the stories that you can use to tell your workforce that might engage them, bring them together? So many companies say, well, I haven't got one. We can't think of any. We haven't got a big history. We haven't got some huge success story that we can use to inspire people. Well, first of all, 
your story doesn't have to be one of outright success. It can be one of overcoming adversity. It can be one of getting knocked down over and over again, but getting back up again. That's an incredible legacy. You don't have to have got up again and then gone on to achieve incredible success yet. It may be that you just keep getting up again. You're not going to be put down. That's a powerful story in itself. It may be that you have to dig deep and you maybe have to find an individual that may well might not have been the chairman of the company, might have been a prominent figure. There could be a story about a member of your staff that you don't even know about that might have done something inspirational, that might have said something inspirational, that might have acted in an inspirational way. So many companies, when they talk to former members of staff, to old members of staff who've been there for a long time, have some powerful stories that they know and can pass on, but have never been asked for them before. That's a powerful tool in itself. Talk to the people, as a leader, talk to the people that have been at that company longer than you have. Sometimes they just want an outlet to share those stories. And if you find the little nugget, if you find the story that has meaning, that has purpose, that can be then woven into a bigger story to tell on to others, all of a sudden you've got it. There is the forming of a legacy. There is something that you can tell your current staff that they can latch onto and attach themselves to. They can find meaning in. They can find a shared purpose in. Something they can associate themselves with. Maybe there is something that can make those people feel proud to walk into your office, to work for your organisation. Maybe the product you're selling is doing some good for some people somewhere. Tell that story. Maybe the, the service that you're providing is doing the same thing, is enhancing people's lives somehow. Maybe it's enhancing the future of the human race in some way by creating future technologies. Maybe you're working on some sort of sustainable products. These are all stories that can be told, and if told in the right way, will begin to form an even bigger and more powerful legacy than might be there in existence at the moment. And if you haven't got any of that, if you're a new organisation, just like in the way I talked about Omelagato watches earlier, that wasn't just dropping that in just as a big name drop because they're sponsoring this podcast. That's genuine. Omelagato watches have set out to do things differently. They've set out to create a story around what they do. They're doing that by doing the things they do on a daily basis in the right way, but in a different way to the way others have done it. You can do the same. You can do that as an organisation. You can do it as an individual. Break new ground. Don't just go with the way that everyone else is going because it's what's been done before. If you believe that there's a better way, if you believe in doing something slightly differently, just go and do it. If you believe it's the right thing to do. Because that is how you will be judged. That is how you will be looked back upon by the people that follow you. That will be your legacy. People will talk about you, will think about you as somebody who stood up for what they believed in. They did the thing that they thought was right. That's something to be proud of. That's something commendable. That's something 
that if you are an organisation or if you're a part of a family, future members of your family or your organisation can look back on and tell that same story to inspire others to do the right things if they believe that they're the right things. I kind of want to wrap this up today, as I often do, with some messages and some messages that tie in really nicely with the things that I've just been talking about. Some amazing messages, as ever, from you guys. And some of these came off the back of last week's episode. Others are taken from the reviews that some people have left in the podcast stores. Thank you so much to all of you for all of them. There are a couple here from YouTube that I'll start with. Uh, Somebody on YouTube who goes by the name aptly of Teamwork F1 says, I'm so happy that you're spreading the concept of leadership and teamwork from the perspective of a racing sport. It could help so many kids nowadays looking for some guidance outside of the home. The values a racing sport brings to a human being is the pinnacle of any sport. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to leave a lovely message like that. I really appreciate it. There's another one here. It says, um, as a manager, I try to apply leadership every day in everything. It's not easy, but it has very high human rewards and new lessons every day. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Um, Mark, this was another brilliant one. I couldn't agree more with some of your characterizations. We're all leaders. Nobody's perfect. You can excel on one aspect and be terrible in others. Absolutely true. And I touched on this last week when we were talking about leadership, how some leaders are brilliant in some areas, but not in others. It doesn't make them a bad leader. Sometimes a leader can't lead on their own. They have to have a team of people around them to help lead. And this all links into this idea of legacy. One person that I should have mentioned, I mentioned last week in terms of leadership, Toto Wolff. The legacy that Toto Wolff is leaving behind whenever he does leave the Mercedes Formula One organisation is hugely powerful. Not just because of the success on the racetrack, but as I said last week, he's built a structure, he's built an organisation that will sustain itself long after he's gone, because the building blocks that he's put in place will last much longer than him. He's built the structure of the organisation in the right way to sustain the success that they're creating. We've got a huge rule rule change coming into Formula One in 2022, where all of the advantage that Mercedes have had based around the current rules format will essentially be wiped out to some extent. The, The playing field will be leveled. But there is every chance that Mercedes will sustain that success, not because the car will carry over, not because the concepts around aerodynamics that they've enjoyed and benefited from over the last few years will continue because they won't. It's a completely new aerodynamic concept. We've got new tyres, new sizes of tyres, different 18-inch wheels, a completely different aero platform to work with. There is nothing necessarily to say that a great Mercedes Formula 1 car this year will be a great Formula 1 car from Mercedes in 2022 when the rules are different. However, the legacy that Toto Wolff and Nicky Lauda and all of the other people that have built that team into what it is, will live on. And therefore, all of the building blocks they've put in place have every chance of succeeding under a different rule set. Because the pieces will continue to operate in the right way. The decisions, the choices will continue to be made in the right way by those right people. 
That's sustainable success. That's a legacy. There's a lovely message here on YouTube from Andy Sharland who says, I appreciate you and I appreciate your messages. As someone with chronic back pain and insomnia for the last five years, I'd probably lost that inspirational vision and it feels good to return to that mindset. Thank you, sir. Uh, well, Andy, thank you. Uh, if that's the case, then it lights up my world. Hearing messages like that, I hope it continues. To know that the podcast is having an effect on people in that kind of way makes it all worthwhile. So thank you for taking the time to write to me and let me know. And I hope you continue to be inspired, not just by this podcast, but by all sorts of things around you and go on to do great things. And I want to leave you with this brilliant message that I got on Instagram from Benjamin Flavel. Uh, Benjamin is uh, part of the Australian Army. And he said this, he said, I've watched your videos on YouTube about teamwork in the pit lane and modified it to what we do in the Australian Army and gave a presentation on teamwork to the people that I work with. After this, I watched the one on thinking outside the box with the drawing of the apple. I thought about this in terms of how we work and came up with a new way to set up an FRT as a field repair team. Initially, I copped some criticism on how I was going to run my section as this is my first year in command. But after the exercise that we got back from, I received a commendation for out of the box thinking and finding a better and more efficient way that we can do our jobs in the field. If I had not been inspired by your content, I would have just run with the tried and tested method that we'd had used in the past. Thanks for your inspiration. Well, Benjamin, thank you so much. That in itself is inspiration to me and I hope it is to many, many other people. To know that that's the kind of effect that the stories that I'm able to share with you here is having is huge. And when we're talking about legacy, part of my own legacy, I hope, will be this podcast. Not only for you guys and many other people to come back and listen to for years to come, but if my own children will go on to listen to some of the stories that are in this series and therefore be inspired by them, the, the whole thing is worthwhile for me. So the fact that you guys are letting me know that that's the effect it's having, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. It means the world to me, so please keep them coming. Uh, I hope you all have a fantastic week. Uh, I'll be back next week with the last in this particular series, uh, episode 10 of the first series. And beyond that, don't worry, there will be more. I'll be taking a few weeks off and then I'll be back in the second series of the podcast where other people will be joining me. I've already got a few in the can, so to speak, where people from the world of Formula One, either working in it or who have worked in it or who have been touched by it in some way, can come on and share their stories about what they've learnt from this elite environment that Formula One is, how they apply that to their daily lives, their future businesses, whatever it is they're doing beyond their time in the sport, how it's affected their family lives, their personal lives, how their relationships have been affected by Formula One, and so many other inspirational stories that I know are coming your way. Some of those people you will know, others you just won't because they're from behind the scenes. There are people in the background and that's what's so amazing about Formula One. It's built from an army of people, most of which you never hear from, most of which you never see. It's the biggest team sport in the world, and yet you rarely ever hear from the team. I want to try and change that. I want to try and bring some of those stories to you 
in the same way that I've been doing, but from different perspectives, from all aspects of the world of elite level motorsport. And I hope you enjoy them all. So stay tuned, come back next week for the final episode of series one. And then in a few weeks time, we'll be back with series two that I hope you will benefit from too. I would ask you this week as for a massive favor, please keep the messages coming. I love all of that, but I would love it if you could share this podcast with somebody you know. Share it on your social media, tell a friend, send it to somebody, send a link via WhatsApp. However you want to do it, I would just really appreciate it if you could tell just one other person, that's all. Share it to somebody else, let them know, let's spread the word and let's get the messages further and wider afield. Thank you so much. Thank you again to Omelagato Watches. As I said earlier, a perfect fit for this particular podcast, a perfect fit for this episode in that they are creating an amazing legacy and it's a joy to watch it unfold before our eyes. So please go and check them out, omelagatowatches.com. It's all in the description. Have a great week, guys, and I'll see you soon.